What is going on, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Beyond Rad Podcast. I am Chad, and this week we are joined by an actual friend of mine, Nick Rea, from an awesome band out of Vegas called A Marionette. You got your name! So it's been a flipping long time, but Nick and I grew up together. So it was really cool that kind of came full circle. Nick is the lead guitarist and kind of the musical mastermind behind a lot of the music for a band called A Marionette. And the dude is super talented. Back when I knew him, he was jamming out to a lot of Foo Fighters and a lot of primarily Van Halen but, dude, this this guy's got some crazy, crazy skills on the guitar. And it was an absolute blast getting to talk to him about his band and where they're going, what they where they came from, and talking about kind of what's going on. So I'm excited for you guys to hear this. But before we jump into the episode, I want to just remind you to check out a Marionette's Facebook page, their Instagram page. They're going to be going out on tour. They're actually announcing tour dates today, the day that this episode drops. So if they're coming to a place near you, hit them up. Go meet them at the show. Nick's a rad dude. And without further ado, let's just jump right on in. Well, good. Yeah, Yeah, good deal, man. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I'm stoked. Yeah, dude. It's been forever. It's. I know, man. Like crazy <laughs> yeah dude real, man. i was trying to think of how how long it's been i don't even like it's what 15 years 14 years but yeah dude it's last i mean last time we we were hanging out it would have been uh you know before you even started playing guitar so it's unreal it's been a bit <laughs> yeah man so uh so tell us a little bit about uh about marionette dude i I've been following your your band a bit. There's been a, quite a few changes over time. You guys have have really started picking up in the recent, you know, six or eight months. So, so tell us a little bit about uh, about the band. So, we've been a band, I guess, technically for the last eight years since 2010. It was uh, me, Ron, and uh, Justin, who I guess now he as of literally a week ago two weeks ago he's no longer gonna be drumming for us he's gonna do this last show with us in december but that'll be it and then our former vocalist quinn so it was the four of us and then we've always had um we've we've had three different guitar players but aj's been with us uh playing rhythm guitar for the last four or five years now so um but yeah initially we we started off kind of playing uh like i guess like post hardcore like yeah post rock music yeah but you know the really high vocals and yeah it reminded me a lot guitar. of yeah a lot of like seosin or i guess pretty much anything that that anthony green would have been a part of is kind of <laughs> what it was very similar to <laughs> yeah that's so funny dude i just recorded with uh with Bo from seosin oh for real like that the newest single that we put out we uh both from sales and produced dude so that's that really cool. that's so sick yeah he's a really cool guy um it was interesting to to change it up and have somebody like him engineer our stuff and uh produce it because obviously i've listened to his music forever since i was a kid and then Heck yeah dude like to have him have an input on the song was really cool he 
it's it's uh just yeah it was totally different than from what we're used to he does things way differently that's awesome so, that's so yeah, cool great man experience super cool guy that's rad dude so i mean um honestly i like i said like obviously things have changed over time with the band um you started out kind of that post hardcore scene um what tell us a little bit about kind of like the development of of like the recent time at the band right so um just about a year ago we parted ways with our vocalist and then uh spencer our current vocalist auditioned in february or march and then he's been he he got the part and he's been uh he's been doing it full-time ever since and we put out an ep with him and then we did that single that we just did with Bo. Um, and so he's done a total of, I guess, seven songs with us. Yeah, dude. And that I like, I like the style of the new stuff. It's got, it's got kind of like, it's almost like, um, I thought it was kind of funny. You guys have been releasing this music and, um, obviously the it's Amari, right. Is, is the EP was released in June, right? Right, right. Yeah, and so you guys kind of went with a little bit popier, a little bit not like pop, but like a little bit dancier style. I really like kind of like the the vibe that you you put out. And then sure. like last week, I uh, I was just kind of looking around at new music and checking out new stuff. And then Emma Rosa drops a song that did the same kind of thing, and I was like, what the heck? Because Emma yeah. Rosa obviously was very different than that style, and so I think it's kind of interesting that that there's a lot of a lot of bands going in that direction. And so you guys are kind of like part of like the beginning of that wave, which I think is cool. Cause obviously you're pioneering that sound. Thanks man. Yeah. Um, I don't know for me personally, like I, I write most of the meat and potatoes of the song. Like yeah. I'll come up with the guitar riff or, uh, we'll demo something out with guitars and some, some, uh, like electronic drums. And, so I guess I, I generally like steer the steer the, the musical aspect of the band, right? Sure, and then yeah. I, I guess I just got sick of writing the same stuff over and over and over again. That, that was <laughs> kind of why. Um, if you listen to our our first two or three EPs and our first full length, they're kind of it, it's a development of the same type of sound. It's yeah. just like an evolution of the like the post rock post hardcore sound for sure yeah and um the last couple singles that we did with Quinn uh were modern disco and chemistry were the two song titles uh -huh. and we recorded basically 20 songs right dang and so the Amari EP along with those two singles and another 12 songs that have not been released yet for anything at this point that we are more than likely going to release. I don't know how we're going to do it, but um, <laughs> like it was all supposed to be a full length. It was going to be a full length album. We were going to pick like 12 or 14 songs that we liked the most yeah. and run with it. Um, and we're still releasing songs. <laughs> like, yeah. With the exception of nerve nerve kind of just happened. Nerve is sick, dude. It's a really cool song. That Thanks, was, man. yeah, I was like, cause that obviously uh, dropped just last week from when we're recording this and uh and like right when i saw it i was checking it out. i was like dude i like the direction you guys are headed because it's still it still has like that um 
the vibe of like the the rock right like the yeah. the harder sound but it's it's got more of a, a dance beat to it and i think that's a really cool um combination of sounds that that i think is has got some traction to it that's got some feet to run on see what we were trying to do with nerve was i guess how do i put this um nerve was it wasn't necessarily meant to follow up the Amari EP, but we wanted to release something this year. Like we just wanted to re- release something yeah. to, to kind of coincide with it. And we were like, well, the, the whole Amari EP was like super fun, super dancey. Yeah, for sure. Like let's put something out. That's kind of serious. Okay. Kind of show the fans that like, um, you know, we still have that element to us. Yeah. Your and- roots. Right. And it's not, we're not doing everything like that. Yeah. Again, like some of these other songs that we haven't released yet are very reminiscent to the older stuff, Uh but with a twist, I guess. That's awesome. And this was one of those songs that wasn't necessarily tracked at that point in time. Okay. But it just kind of came together. And I was like, you know what, Spencer, like make this a serious song. Like, let everybody know that you can you can be serious as well as you know the the fun uh not so serious vocal parts yeah because that was the one thing that that was the consistent feedback last ep like it was awesome it was a lot of fun but there wasn't a lot of depth lyrically to it yeah and like if you listen to the ep it's very reminiscent of like uh of like an 80s kind of yeah like, for sure funky soundtrack and if you listen to a lot of 80s music a lot of a lot of the lyrics are not very in depth <laughs> yeah, not they're not super, very substan- substantial right <laughs> right so that was kind of the point so we put out that song and it was like you know this is super serious this is like totally complete opposite direction yeah but it still has that musical aspect of like the funkiness and uh, I guess the uh, what do you what do you want to call that? Um, like a fusion. Yeah, way. yeah. But just the more serious side of it. So, so how that's that's something that's interesting to me is obviously the transition from. I mean, it it kind of um seemed abrupt. If if someone was just following based on music that was released, um, mm-hmm. it seemed sort of abrupt. Like it if if someone wasn't following like the whole band and, and all of your, your different things, you know, Quinn leaves and boom, Amari EP is out and it's like night and day stylistically. How did a lot of the people like who followed you guys, what was the response for that? Well, so let me give you like a brief rundown. So in October of 2017 or September of last year, we released Modern Disco. Okay. And that was the second to last single that we did with Quinn. And in January of this year, we released Chemistry with Quinn. And we released it knowing that Quinn was already out of the band. Oh, okay. And I guess even prior to that, we had an album's worth of material done um, over the summer of 2017. Okay. Quinn was literally supposed to get on an, an airplane after a show in January that we did here. It was like on New Year's or mm-hmm. like, no, it was it was mid January. He was supposed to get on an airplane 
to go and record up in Portland. He was going to record the album. Okay. And I told him, no, like, we're not going to move forward with you. And that was the end of it. So we had <laughs> 20 songs written. He was going to go on. He was going to go and record the rest of the album. We were going to have modern disco and chemistry be the two like strong singles for the record. Yeah, for sure. And then parted ways. We did a song with our friend Andreas. We did a song called Charm. Yeah, and I another single. That was the first single that we ever put out without Quinn. Yeah. For that, we followed that up in like February or March. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we we put that out just to like hold people over, just to like like, hey, we're still writing music. We're still Andreas a band. Our, yeah. Right. And Andreas is our boy. I um I proposed the idea to record a couple songs with him. This song really worked out. So we released it. And when we were doing that behind the scenes, we already had a, a singer lined up. Okay. So, which was Spencer. Um, and then Spencer tracked vocals for the rest of that within March and April. And we released it in June. So for us, it was like, you know, a year and a half long process of writing and recording all this music. And then it's been another almost year and a half, two years coming up in 2019 of releasing the songs that have been done for friggin' what seems like ever. <laughs> yeah. So it's been very weird, but the, um, the reception, like it's, it's, I, I guess it's always like this, right? I feel like modern disco was probably the strongest song that we ever had with Quinn. And it was basically the last song he did with us. Yeah. So, it left like a very lasting impression. It's like, I mean, to compare it to something, but on a obviously way lesser scale, it's like, I mean, the only thing I can really compare it to is like, um, friggin' when David Lee Roth leaves Van Halen after recording jump Panama and Hopper teacher, like their most popular songs. And then, and then just gone. Yeah. And then (laughs) Sammy Hagar comes in. Yeah. And I guess, uh, you know, the, the whole style and the whole, uh, everything about the band is totally different, but it's still like the same roots, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure. The same core, but just totally different direction. And that's kind of what we did with Spencer to kind of like adapt in a way. And I think but, his, his vocals have a little bit more versatility too, to kind of bridge that gap too, for that transition as well. I feel right. Right. But at the same time, it's still stuff that was already done musically. So Quinn had demos for all those songs. So it's, it's really, and it's like listening to two totally different bands. Yeah. Like what, what would have been done with Quinn as opposed to Spencer. It's, it's totally different. Yeah. Spencer is definitely a lot more versatile than Quinn. Like Quinn was really, really good at what he did. Oh, for sure. Super strong vocalist. Um, but it was you, you, you got Quinn and that was what you get kind of thing. Sure. You know, with Spencer, Spencer can do a million different things with his voice. Quinn just has a super unique, distinct voice. Yeah, um, most definitely. But Spencer can freaking do anything that he wants. <laughs> and that, that, that was cool. It was different to go into a scenario and like, Oh, we, we can actually write like a pop song. Yeah. Or, Oh, 
Spencer still has a powerful voice. He can still do the rock sound. Like Nerve was like, oh, he can do rapping and yeah, I thought that was so cool. I loved I loved that aspect of it. I thought that was super cool where he was just kind of just like just fast rapping through it. And I was like, it, it just it was cool because because um I really, really enjoy like Circus Survive and I enjoy Anthony Green. And I feel like a lot of um a lot of his music does that same thing where it there's a reason why he's you know got three different kind of projects right he had seosin and circus survive and then his solo stuff i feel like he needed that to to allow for his voice to to reach the different styles whereas Mm -hmm. now with what you've done with your band it says well quinn wasn't able to do that we've got someone else to kind of step in so we can evolve as a band because like you were saying you know the the writing process if you're doing the core the bulk of it and you start evolving as a writer, that's going to really throw a major wrench into things if the vocalist can't adapt with you. And so that makes right. a ton of sense making that transition. And um, and so I, I, I feel like, I mean, it seems like the, obviously I really enjoy the new music, but have people been really excited about, about Spencer and, and what you guys are doing? Dude, honestly, it's the the response is so mixed it's um it's it's almost like we need to cater to a different market yeah because not all the post hardcore fans are like into pop stuff like oh, for a lot sure of yeah aggressive rock fans are just that they like prog rock yep they they're like um there's the scene called like the swan core scene you know like the dgd fan base but um, very hardcore dance, Gavin dance fans. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, some of them love it. Some of them friggin' hate it. Yeah. Um, some people now are like, Oh sweet. I can finally listen to your band because I couldn't stand your last guy. Or <laughs> it's like, I miss Quinn, you know, like I'm a diehard Quinn guy. I don't, I don't mess with the new guy, you know, it's like, yeah. it, it, but that's like bound to happen. Oh, for it's sure. Always bound to happen. When, whenever you get a new vocalist, I mean, every band that has changed vocalists goes to the same stuff. Oh, Dance definitely. Dance Gavin Dance with Johnny Craig and Kurt Travis, Tillian. You know, you've got yep. three separate eras. Cove, Seosin, there's Anthony Green, Seosin. Yep. I mean, it, everybody that goes through a singer change goes through something, like some sort of, uh, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to listen to this guy, or, or I love them both. Or like you, I don't know, I guess... If if you're really a fan, you don't you don't care who's singing. I guess that's how I am with most bands. Like I don't really, if I'm a fan of the band, I don't I don't care who's singing as long as you know. Obviously, they fit and they they're they fit with the direction of what the band is going with. Yeah. Sometimes it does make a difference. Like I get it. Um, there have been bands that I don't really care for that have different singers, but it's usually the opposite. Like I wasn't a huge I wasn't a huge Johnny Craig fan in Dance Gavin Dance, but I loved Johnny and Emerosa. Yeah, for sure. And I was all about Kurt in, in DGD. Oh, and yeah. I really liked Tillian when he did Seosin demos, and I really liked him in Tides of Man, and I like him in DGD. You know, like, it's, it's all preference. Oh, definitely. And I think for me, too, like, when it comes to that preference, like, there's going to be, like, 
there's going to be bands that regardless of, you know, vocalists or anything, people are going to like, they're going to dislike, or people may not even care about the, the full band per se. And they just follow that vocalist and that's fine. It's just like people just like the thing that, that always boggles my mind is that a lot of fans cannot like gather their head around the concept of like the evolution of songwriting because for someone like you, who's very creative and very talented on the guitar, rehashing the same old thing, all that does is just like stifle your desire to keep making music. So you have to constantly be having those creative juices flowing. And the only way to do that is by evolving and creating new and changing. And, and I, I, it's so hard because there's so many people who listen to music who just don't get it sometimes. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. And like the other, the, the, the biggest thing for us too was like, I mean, Spencer live is friggin' incredible. Like he, that, that was the biggest thing for us. We're like, if we're going to be a touring band, we need somebody that knocks it out of the park every night. Yeah. That, it's like it's clockwork, you know, and that is the biggest thing. I will say we have won a lot of people over with the live show. And, That's good. And being they're like, well, I didn't really care for him on record, but he sings exceptionally well and he sings Quinn songs really, really well. And sometimes like you couldn't tell a difference for certain songs. That's impressive. Yeah. Like it's, it's stupid. I mean, at one point in time, not a lot of people know this, but Spencer and Quinn were actually in a band together. Oh, okay. Like way back in the, well, not way back in the day, but a couple of years ago. And, um, Quinn would say it all the time. Like we should have Spencer in a marionette. And I would kind of like brush it off. I was never like Spencer and his solo stuff wasn't like my favorite style of music especially back then i yeah. was not into pop music at all spencer has always been a pop singer okay and musically it just wasn't my favorite like the stuff he was doing yeah but when he auditioned for a marionette i kind of laughed i was like you know the, given the situation and the circumstances like quinn like got what he wanted in a way he, he always he would always <laughs> say like if there's one guy that could replace me spencer i was like well Quinn (laughs) looks like that's the case. (laughs) So that's, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's always, uh, it's always crazy to me. Like one thing, like with that, I I'm actually just out of curiosity. I, cause there's a lot of bands and there's a lot of different ways that bands go about like the replacing of someone. How, Mm -hmm. how did you guys go about that process? Cause obviously like you were saying, Quinn has a very unique voice. So when you change vocalists, you know that it's obviously going to be pretty significant change. So how did you guys go about like that audition process and like that transition process? Yeah. Again, what I cared about the most was letting people know that we're still going to consistently put out music. So that's why we put out that song with Andreas so fast. Yeah. Like we followed it up really fast. Like we didn't skip a beat. Like we're, we're out here working, you know, this is most what definitely. we love. This is what we're doing. Um, and then we put out the Amari EP. So that was, uh, as far as like the studio game goes, like that, it was all about like, 
right? And like snap of the fingers, like, come on, let's keep this train moving. Like, this is what we were going to do anyways. Most definitely. We were going to put out a full length album. Let's keep it moving as far as that goes. And then, um, like what we were really looking for in a vocalist again was the live aspect. Yeah. We cared so much more about having somebody that can sing live who is a, I guess not so much. We knew when we got rid of Quinn that the one thing we were going to lose is it's going to be hard to find somebody that sounds as unique as Quinn did, you know, like, yeah, with the exception of the hundred million Claudio Sanchez comparisons that he would get <laughs> on the daily basis. Yeah. Um, that was, that was, uh, Quinn's feedback constantly. The, the guy that sounds like Claudio. Yeah. That was his constant feedback with everybody. But, um, aside from that, like going from Quinn to Spencer, we knew we wanted somebody that could do multiple things. I was like, I will take anybody that can sing multiple styles and that can go from rock to pop to funk to hip hop than somebody that can sing high as balls for no reason. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and again, doing that, like the really high singing and all in you know belting and as as loud as you can every night like good luck like that's a really hard thing to do oh it's a big strain on your voice man every night like when you're doing that night after night after night after night your voice it's it's straining dude it's hard on your voice yeah i mean i i totally get what you're saying yeah like it for us and for a marionette it was that definitely played a factor. It was Quinn had a certain vision of what the live show and experience should be. And we wanted to sound like the record, like the four of us were always trying as hard as we could to sound like the record. And it, it was not in, in the cards for him. Yeah. Like he did not want to, go in that direction we'd have pep talks with him every night like hey man how do you feel about doing this and feeling like this and like i mean i don't know i guess if i was in his shoes and got the amount of talking to's that he got (laughs) from me or myself like man i i don't know i don't know but i as a vocalist i would be very concerned with how i sounded every night oh i mean i'm concerned with how i sound as a guitarist every night. Well, that's your like, resume. Like, exactly. Like people are coming out and like that show could be the one where someone who has a really big say in your future is there yeah. to see you. And like that live performance makes a big difference potentially. Yeah. Like, let's be real, man. If your singer sounds like shit, the band sounds like, shit. Oh, big time. And nobody cares. They don't give you a chance because it's like, ugh. Ew, he doesn't sound good, you know? And it's like, oh, well, you know, like, oh, well, a marionette must have had a bad night. It's like, uh, no, like, we're pretty on it. Like, the band is always on it. If, yeah. you were to, if you were to hit record on the band, 
and then do a hot take on, you know, our former vocalist. It wasn't the case live. Sure. Like, yeah. And I'm not trying to knock on the dude. It's not like, no, he's talented. It's just Quinn hard was, to maintain yeah, that. Quinn was probably one of the most talented studio musicians that, that I've ever worked with. Like that dude could, could write his ass off. He had a very unique way of putting lyrics together. Like he was good. He, he was definitely good. There's a reason why he's part of the band for what? Six years yeah. or whatever. And it was hard. It was hard to like, make that decision and be like you know what if we're gonna further ourselves as a touring group like this is what we need to do because we wouldn't get the consistent feedback of it was always like the opposite it was like well band sounds great in the studio but they sound like live and it's like oh well (laughs) that feels like crap to hear we're gonna travel a thousand miles and play to 15 people that don't like us well oh that's that's fabulous you know yeah like we can't do that. We we can't have that. So with Spencer, it's been like the opposite. It's been like a rough adjustment, like to to replace a caliber vocalist like that, especially because Quinn crushes it on on CD. Like he writes really good stuff. You know yeah, what he's doing for sure. He's talented. Um, and then Izzy not being that same kind of like hard rock vocalist, and like we have a totally different sound. It's it's just a way different experience but you come see us live and it's like whoa like i was not expecting that and all of a sudden you see like a jump in our sales not only um like on tour but people get home and our monthly listeners are up on spotify and like just you you just see like okay touring is actually making a difference with spencer and yeah people are actually sticking around for the shows just the whole nine yeah it's it i mean it really is just like the the thing about about live music is especially in the scene that you're in um you know even kind of bridging that you know hybrid scene of the post hardcore and the and the dancing you know like that whole entire scene like every everyone when it comes to like the shows they're wanting to sing along and if they're trying to sing along and the vocalist on stage doesn't sound good it's just it's hard to be pumped and excited. And it's like, it just, it's, it really is. And so, I mean, it makes complete sense that, that, you know, replacing the vocalist and getting someone who's more consistent in a live setting really benefits you. Because for me, that's actually made a huge difference multiple times. If I go to a concert and I love, like love their music on a CD and I go to the concert and I hear their music and I'm just like, okay, I I have a really hard time wanting to listen to the CD now if they're really bad Yeah. <laughs> or the yeah. opposite. If I, if I didn't like them on CD for whatever reason, maybe it was just kind of like stylistically, I wasn't kind of jiving with it. And then live, I hear them. I instantly want to support them because that live performance. And so it's, it is very, very telling of what a band's focus is when the, when the vocalist is on or off. Right. And right. I think that's, I think that's super smart and super cool. And, um, and so, I mean, you guys have, have all this music that's stored up, um, ready to, is it, is it already like kind of started the process of recording? Are you guys like, what's your, your plan for recording to get more oh, yeah. music out there? We have, I guess at the moment we have four or five songs, uh, well, 
we have four songs done with somebody else. Like I can't even really go into details. But no, you're we good, have man. <laughs> four songs done with uh, we'll we'll talk later. And sounds good. <laughs> and then um we we like again this was kind of going on when we were looking for a vocalist. So uh one of our friends did some songs with us and it came out really cool. Um so we're probably going to release that at some point and that was four of those songs that were from the initial 20 batch awesome um and then we probably have another four of those remaining that we aren't sure what we're going to do with yet we have another six that are just demoed out guitar and uh midi drums bass that i'm not sure if we're we're more than likely going to go and track drums with Bo again awesome and maybe do some production on it i'm not sure who's going to mix and master it we haven't uh gotten that far yet yeah um but yeah spencer's in the middle of he actually sent me back a demo yesterday of stuff with some vocals on it so we're kind of just demoing along you know trusting the process as they say yeah dude yeah i actually um it's it's so it's such a such a different environment now when it comes to the to the music right like Mm -hmm. there's there's like a it's almost like in any any sort of production aspect anymore even if if like you're so great you just wanted to just you just want to keep getting stuff out there people are like super picky now like the quality has to be super high and you like you can't you can't cut any corners anymore so like that whole process is so much bigger now than it used to be right like you can't just like record something at home demo it all out and put it out there for people to kind of get an idea and then improve it later you've got to just you've got to put in all of that time and so it's i mean it's quite the process to get all that out there and and obviously um like I'm assuming, do you, do you, uh, focus, do you record primarily in Vegas? Or are you recording all we around? Do, yeah, we, um, we do guitars, bass and vocals in Vegas. Okay. Like, um, my, actually our former guitar player, Brandon Jones has been producing a marionette for the last year, year and a half. He did, he's done everything modern disco and forward. He's been recording all the guitars, records all the bass. Um, Spencer tracks his own vocals. Oh, really? So that was really, really cool. He that produces, is cool. Records his own vocals. Uh, and then for Nerve, we track drums with Bo. Yeah. And then anything prior to that, we've tracked drums up in Portland with Stephen Hawks, who has basically mixed and mastered everything from a marionette uh from our uh what was i I can't even think of the name of our ep (laughs) from the picture perfect ep and on okay repeating history picture perfect amari ep repeating history so he's done basically everything awesome so how did you like how did you determine like who you wanted to go to for like that all the recording because obviously um 
there's varying qualities, varying reasons, you know, styles. And obviously, Bo, right. a lot of people, you know, Bo, he's he's got a very specific group of styles that he works with that I follow him on Instagram. And I think it's super cool, like the stuff that he produces and he's super talented. But there's obviously tons of other recording artists or recruiting producers and um, and mixers and thing, uh, people who can mix it. So how did you how do you choose that? How do you kind of make that decision? Um, I guess, man, that's so, so long ago when we started doing that. Um, initially we were working with a guy named Mike Som, who also works with Stefan Hawks up at Interlace in Portland. Okay. And Mike lived out here in Vegas for a while. So he recorded our self-titled LP back in 2013. Like he did all the tracking for it. And, um, he he would always tell me like, dude, you gotta work with Steph. Steph is um, Chris Crummett's best friend. They own the studio out there. Like, okay, you should really try and work with Steph. Um, and actually, Chris Crummett ended up mixing that EP for us, or mixing that our full length. Awesome. And mixed and mastered it. Um, but he was like, try Steph. You know, see what you think of Steph because they were like just good friends. Yeah, for sure. And, um. We ended up going to him after the the full length. He mixed and mastered our EP and we loved it. We just loved like the huge the hugeness of Steph's recordings. Like he really yeah. puts so much time and effort into it. And Chris and Steph were like best friends and Chris does a lot of like high profile stuff. Steph doesn't do as much high profile stuff as Chris does. So it was just it made more sense for yeah, us at for that sure. point in time. And, uh, we were absolutely blown away and I still love all of Steph's stuff, man. He's, oh, yeah. he's incredible. I mean, just from a, a listening standpoint, I don't know, obviously all of the, the other intricacies, but I mean, the quality of the recordings is pretty fantastic. So, I mean, yeah, dude, obviously he, he knew what he was everything. doing. <laughs> he's a like rock producer. Like he, he makes everything sound really, really big and, you know, chunky i guess yeah i mean it, yeah demo. he did a really good job especially with that style that you were that you were recording you know the style that you were playing um right. you know and the vocals he i mean it, it was just really well balanced and everything sounded super awesome and so uh, honestly something that um that i find interesting is uh is like the different music scenes around different places so right. how how is the music scene in Las Vegas for you guys? Like, is it, has it been like pretty consistently, Hey, this is, this is working out for us. Cause I know that there's quite a few bands from Vegas that have, you know, gotten popular. I mean, like, not but, really, man. It's such a hit or miss. Yeah. It's such, that's why I was curious. Cause, cause there's so many different places where it's just like, kind of like changes with the, the most popular stuff on the radio type scenes. Yeah, and so, I mean, obviously like panic is from here. Imagine Dragons is from here, but I don't know if they're like, you know, I, I, I never like, maybe with the exception of a couple years ago, I would see Imagine Dragons flyers every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but they kind of just blow up out of nowhere. And I don't know if it's because of their management or, or what, but I never like would ever see them at a local show or, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I know. know, I know Imagine Dragons, theirs was pretty much just kind of like a, a luck of the draw. They ended up playing right after or right before AWOL Nation 
right when sale was super popular it was at a really big festival and so they kind of just like it just clicked with like the the music producers that were there or the the you know label scouts or whatever that were there right. at that show and i mean obviously a lot of that stuff is just kind of right place right time for a lot of bands you know obviously those guys are those that band in particular for me imagine dragons like they just keep writing hits to me they're like the the kind of alternative rock version harder version of coldplay right like coldplay just yeah. keep, keep writing hits keep writing hits and it's pretty similar all the way through but they're always good songs imagine dragons does the same thing but, but like in in vegas it, it feels like there's a a pretty consistent like like kind of underground scene there is that is that the case um i don't know <laughs> i don't know anymore <laughs> honestly um i am not super heavily involved in the vegas music scene okay um i don't know if you notice like we'll play some one-off shows in vegas we'll kind of go and, and play for friends and some fans and yeah you know it's it's i noticed you play a lot in texas though <laughs> yeah we i mean for us that's where the best markets are, are okay northern southern california texas chicago um where else has really good music i mean texas is like friggin five small states in one anyway yeah so it is <laughs> we we did like nine days in texas last month and it was like it was insane because there's so many different places. Yeah. I mean, between Dallas, Austin, Houston, San Antonio, I mean, those are massive markets and there's, there's actually really cool music scenes there too. Oh yeah, man. And that's why, that's why we do it because that's where the best spots are in our opinion. Yeah. Um, so our, our agent kind of put together, that tour we're actually putting together another tour in february kind of similar to that but awesome i think we're gonna hit chicago st louis a couple markets that we haven't really touched on too yeah. much but i chicago was great the one time we played there a year and a half ago so it'll be really cool to go back i'll bet philly will be a great scene too yeah i'd imagine because i've i know a lot of a lot of bands recently have come out of Philadelphia. A lot of a lot of pe- like bands within the rock scene, and so I know that area is just like massively popular for that type of music right now. But it's it's fun, dude. I like I think that stuff's cool. So do you? Does your agent kind of do that scouting and kind of get everything set up for you, or are you guys kind of giving him ideas or him or her ideas? I mean, we we talk damn near every day, and we either talk about tours that we try to submit for or just trying to put together any small runs that we can do on our own. Yeah. Uh, which isn't ideal. It's, it's tough, it's man. It's rough, dude. It's rough. We're roughing it. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's touring is something that, that is just so insanely just difficult. Yeah. Like we do it because crazy. we love it. Yeah, you know, exactly. We, we have to, we have to play live. We have to have our own numbers. So when we submit for tours, you know, we, we you have, have to have proof that you're going to get people there. <laughs> yeah. We have something backing us up. Right. So, I mean, we make that sacrifice and, you know, hope that we, 
we get a couple hundred dollars in guarantees to, to for gas money for the next city. And if we're lucky, we get a hotel room or, you know, and on to the next. Yeah. But that's the position that we're in. And, you know, some like Kurt, for example, Kurt Travis was nice enough to put us on three, four tours with him. And that really gave us a boost. Was that with Royal Coda or was it with that with him? No, that was with his solo stuff. Oh, okay, so cool. that was really, really cool. Yeah, I'll um, bet. I I miss that guy. I haven't. Dude, talked he's to him he's so talented, man. I uh, I love Kurt, man. He's he's a good friend of mine. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've noticed that you guys play quite a few shows with him. Like, yeah, we were his backing band for two or three tours. Oh, that's legit, man. That's yeah, super so cool. We we do double sets. A marionette would open for him, and then we would be his his backing band for all his solo stuff. He so, tends to do that. He like um he gets bands that he likes and has them open for him and they're usually like his band as well. So that's it, cool, he man. gives them double exposure. So it's, it's friggin' awesome that he is willing to do that. That's super so. cool. I like that. Cause I actually, uh, I actually heard a story. So I was talking to, um, to a guy, I, he was doing merch for a band called in her own words. Um, mm. and, uh, they came on in tour on tour. His name is Cameron. And uh, super, super rad, dude. He's from Vegas. He said he knew of your band and stuff. And he was like, yeah, dude, oh. Kurt Travis, man, he like he was doing South by Southwest. And uh, he actually like had a marionette play a few songs at South by Southwest, even though they weren't yeah. like on the bill. Is that is that true? Yeah, that is true. That's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. What we a cool dude. Was- That's such a cool thing to do. Yeah, he was really, really freaking awesome about it. He was like, hey, I know we're on this tour together and you guys aren't on this date, but you're my band. And like, I'm going to have Quinn come up with me. And we did one or two songs as a marionette because Kurt sang on one of the songs that we did with Quinn, oh, okay, was, like featured. So he had, you know, just, we, we did the whole thing. So that, that so was cool. super awesome. It was huge crowd. It was <laughs> freaking phenomenal yeah dude i right before dance gavin danced it so oh my gosh dude that's one of my bucket list items is to go to south by southwest dude i i almost went i was living in houston for a time and i literally was like a few hours away from there and i was like i want to go and i had a crap ton of work to do and i just played uh we played south by so what which oh okay the the off like the the one that's near it or whatever yeah okay but still that's a huge crowd of people it was it was a lot of people it was still really fun um yeah but south by southwest is like huge huge bands like yeah. that's like a coachella of texas yeah that's exactly yeah i mean it's it's crazy over there man like i austin is such a cool city bro it's like oh yeah it's so cool <laughs> yep. so oh, sure i mean the the thing about about touring is um like the thing that always confuses me about touring is is obviously you and your band, you're making money off of your music, but you're all, you all typically have regular jobs too. How do how do you kind of coordinate that with touring? Um, great question. I use all of my PTO to go sit in a friggin' metal tube <laughs> for ten days at a time and get right back to work. So you always have it, to do short little legs of tour. Yeah, for right now. Yeah. Unless we got some huge offer. Yeah. You got to, got to do what you got to (laughs) do. Yeah, man. Um, I 
am not young enough and nobody else in the band is young enough to just be like, screw it, let's just stay out on the road and do that. Like it almost, I mean, again, it depends on the offers, but like we're not getting these crazy offers. We're not getting huge opening slots. So it's like I have a, I, well, I don't have a mortgage, but I pay rent. You know, I have rent to pay. You have have, a regular life. (laughs) Yeah. I have a car payment. I have insurance. I am a grown ass man. (laughs) You know, like we have to, music is like our passion project at this point. Like it's a huge part of our lives. I think about it every damn day. You know, like I do it right after I get off of work or record or do whatever on my off days. Um, But it's just not something that is, feasible to do for a living at the moment yeah and i honestly dude like to me that's that makes it cooler because like i mean i do this podcast is just a passion project i don't i don't make any money from it right Mm -hmm. i do it i do it because i think first off like as as i find bands i want to share those bands with people so i like I love music. I'm obsessed with music. I'm not, I'm not a great guitarist like you are. So I, I can't like, you know, be a part of a band and, and, but I, I love to talk about music and share music. And so like I created this podcast to share music and to, to talk about music with people. And honestly, like to me that that's what it, where it's at. I don't care about money. I care about just like sharing music that I think is awesome. And so like, honestly, I think it's, it's something whenever I talk to musicians, I think it's something that I just am like kind of in awe about like the fact that you've got regular lives and how much of a sacrifice it is to be a musician because there's so much involved in, in being a musician, like just that touring portion. But then like, like you were saying every night there's practices, there's, there's recording, there's writing. And then there's like, going all these you know trying to to promote it you're trying to do you know all the different promotion there's just so much to manage it's crazy right let me tell you something too man like if you're in music for the money especially like the style music that we do you're in the wrong industry because (laughs) that's true there you know like unless you are a very well established band you've been doing it for a long time and you're like uh you know, a band that's guaranteed like a shit ton of money every night. Like we're talking five digits a night. Good luck to you. Yeah. Because when you're guaranteed three digits a night, you know, like it's not, (laughs) it's not feasible between five other dudes. Yeah. That's the thing is you're splitting it with other people. You're not, you're not, you know, three digits sounds like a big, Oh man, 5,000, $6,000. Wow. That's awesome. But then you got five, six dudes plus gas plus food. And it's just like you end up making, you know, 50 bucks a night, a hundred bucks a night. Yep. And that's just, yep. that's not, that's not a living. <laughs> that's not yeah. going to pay that mortgage you've got back at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the reality of the situation that we're in. I mean, Hey, I, I wish we were a little bit further along or I wish music was a little bit more lucrative, but it's not at the moment. It's really not. So unless you're some friggin' crazy, awesome DJ that has a residency in Vegas, and like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're not. Yeah. Freaking I mean, cascade then, or, or yeah, dead mouse or something like bigger bands. Like I have friends that are in 
bigger bands, so to speak, that do it for a living. And being on the road is not friggin' easy, even when you're oh, in no. a bus and you're you you're like living the dream, so to speak. It's not necessarily a dream every day of your life. Yeah, it's not like the, the Justin Bieber tour, tour bus, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's, it's, it's a it's a van with a with a trailer. Like yeah, or that's rough. Even even in a bus, like it's not easy. Oh, it's still yeah, it's still not ideal and like i was i mean i was even talking to steven christian about like that aspect of you know Anne berlin they were huge that's what their lives were that's what they were making money on and mm-hmm. talking to him about it he's like dude it just it just it was it was so difficult it was he had a wife back home and he was just like dude like that's that's a whole other aspect is just like the things that you have to as a musician the things you have to sacrifice in terms of time with real, like family friends um you know spouses or girlfriends or boyfriends it's like that's a those are big things to sacrifice too because you can you only have so much time you can't allocate it all to you know you you have you have to allocate it in ways and there's certain places that you can't change like your your job you can't change that and so that's that's just crazy to me man yeah no that's the the harsh reality of it but i think it's i think it makes it to me it makes it more like awesome when i listen to the music because it shows it shows through in in bands that truly care because you put more energy into like that individual song because you you're doing it only for the satisfaction of writing something that could touch someone's life right and that's cool that's huge that's bigger than than the money that could be made it would be nice if you could make money off of it. Well, good money, not just because obviously yeah. you're making money, but it's not enough to live. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, we make some off of royalties, like it'll pay for recording costs, which is cool. Or like royalties will pay for uh, merchandise orders or whatever the case is, you know? And then that's how we yeah. make money on tours, like selling a couple hundred dollars of merch a night or, you know, however much. But yeah it's not substantial enough. So not yeah, yet anyways, but and I hopefully mean, it will be. Yeah. I, I sure hope so too. I've seen a lot of these guys go from nobody to somebody really fast. So yeah. And it's, it, it, it can happen. happen real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I and, mean, and obviously, you know, record deals, there's typically guarantees and things like that. That's, that's where it yeah. starts happening. And so, all right, dude, I've I've taken a lot of your time and I really appreciate your time, dude. I'm sorry about the 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 problems with my my uh, technology at the beginning, but uh, I have a few last kind of just like real quick questions, just kind of like short answer. Tell me what your yeah. thoughts are. Um, yeah. What's your favorite album right now? Favorite album right now? Album or uh-huh. EP? Um, here I will tell you. My favorite album right now is probably Kids by The Midnight. Okay. I haven't listened to that one. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, The Midnight. They're really, really awesome, like 80s retro kind of like band thing. Cool. What's your most anticipated album in the next six months? In the next six months? Well, if I knew anybody that was putting out an album in the next six months, uh, I would be really stoked on it. <laughs> I don't really know who's putting out an who's putting out an album. Oh, dude, a lot of bands that I really love, but I don't. I don't think that that those ones necessarily like set it off. And um, 
let's see in her own words will be releasing one um i think uh a lot of them have already released albums but yeah there's there's gonna be some good ones coming out i that's a lot more the pop punk stuff i know you're you're not more you're more into like the the rock stuff so like I'm assuming Emerosa will be releasing new stuff because oh, they released yeah, an, be cool. they released an, a single, and so I'm assuming that yeah. means that they've they've been in the studio recording. So, <laughs> oh, you know what? Story so far put out a good album. Oh, too. dude, that album was phenomenal, man. Phenomenal. I thought that was really good. Um, oh, you know what? The Dangerous Summer is recording an album. I'm stoked for that. Dude, I like that band a lot. I love the Dangerous Summer, man. I saw them in this super tiny, tiny venue, the Loading Dock in Salt Lake. It was so oh my legit God, we've played there twice oh yeah yeah dude it's it was so cool seeing them there it was just oh man amazing was there people there <laughs> yeah there was you know there's probably 50 people <laughs> damn yeah it was that place that's crazy yeah it was uh it was a it was a rad show though all right um a concert you're most excited to go to in the near future oh man definitely Seosin in uh, december oh dude i'm really excited to see because i mean everybody's excited for that if yeah stay with some fan who who they are they going play. who are they playing with dead american and night versus oh is that in vegas no it's in uh pomona oh okay because i saw the flyer for that on instagram i was like dude that'd be cool that'd be a real show to go to <laughs> yeah i hit up Bo. i was like dude i'll see you in december he's <laughs> like sick that's but awesome, yeah, man. man. It was cool, dude. Uh, that'll be cool to. Uh, I think if uh, who knows what they're gonna do, but it's cool that like they're all friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, like Cove and and all those guys. I don't know how often they talk or anything like that, but it's it's really nice for them to to have them open and like, hey, they're cordial, like Cove and Anthony, everybody. That's so awesome. Yeah, dude, so, that Dead American album's cool too. I don't know if you've listened yeah, to that I one. Yeah, that was cool, man. I liked I, it. Yeah, it was totally different from oh, very, yeah. anything I was expecting. Yeah, honestly. I mean, it was definitely not Seosin, that's for sure. Yeah, but dude, so. thank you so much for uh, for talking with me, man. And uh, just as we close, I always like to remind everyone: you guys have albums out, you got EPs out. Um, people can buy them. Do you have a Do you have a website that people can go to to? Uh, to purchase like physical copies if they want physical copies we sell it off of bandcamp okay uh, a marionette.bandcamp.com perfect and i'll put that in the description and then um any merch aside from from music do you have like t-shirts or anything oh, yeah. that people can buy everything on there awesome we've vinyls we've got t-shirts hats everything sweet and like we were talking about before that kind of stuff pays for studio time, pays for new music, pays for the band to actually go out on tour. So if you guys are a fan of of Nick and his band and the style that they've got, I am. Definitely be sure to support them. And, uh, dude, thank you so much for your time, man. It was awesome to catch up again. Hey, Chad, good to talk to you, man. It's been friggin' forever. So we'll, we'll be in touch, dude.